This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time. Time for Silver and Black today. To the ground game. Touchdown Las Vegas. We're breaking down the latest Raider news from on and off the field. And bringing you conversations with newsmakers and record breakers. So hold on, Raider Nation. It's time to get get it it on. Here's your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moulton. Welcome back, everybody. It is Silver and Black today, the mailbag edition, Raider Nation mailbag, because you got a lot to say, a lot of questions for us, and we're here to answer them because we're full service. He is Mo Moten. He is a national NFL writer for Bleacher Report, also the Raiders columnist up on SportsNot. I am Scott Cobranson, your host. You can also catch up my work, catch up, not mustard, but catch up my work <laughs> on SportsNot as well, where I write about the Raiders and my weekly up and stocks up and stocks down column for Raiders players. So make sure you check that out. We appreciate you guys being here and subscribing to the podcast, watching us on YouTube, wherever you're joining us. Doesn't matter. We got a big tent and we want you all inside. So thank you for joining us. Mo, we're back to answer questions. We had so much fun last week with the mailbag show and some of the different questions, even food-related questions. Of course, we start out with the football and the Raider-related questions from all over the world. We don't have international questions today, but we got some good ones. Are you ready? Because now everybody, it's a fever pitch, my man. It is week one of the NFL. We are just a few days away, and people are itching for some real Raiders football. We're in regular season form, and I'm ready for it. All right. Now, we move on. But before we move on, I want to say... Get your question to us. If you haven't sent one in, do not be shy. Take our hand. We'll walk you slowly. <laughs> Just come on in. doesn't matter how much you know about football. All that matters is you're a Raider fan, you're part of Raider Nation, and you want to talk about the team coming up uh, or whatever else you want to talk about. We'll answer any question within reason, I think, um, that doesn't get way too personal, of course, because you know Mo's food takes are not. He shares those with the world, so we can talk about those as well as I will talk about music all day long, too. So we, we just go all day. It doesn't matter, whatever you want to talk about. So we're going to start off with that. But we want you to mail us. And you have to do that. You just send us an email, mail at silverandblacktoday.com. Mail at silverandblacktoday.com. We give away a free sticker. And, yes, I've already heard from some of you that got a free sticker or a T-shirt. takes a couple of weeks to get out to you. Got to order the stuff, and they send it to you right from there. So it take three to four weeks to get to you. Stick with us. You will get it. 
but you get a free sticker for every question we answer. And then if you get picked at the end of the show, uh, then we will send you a free show T-shirt. So do that. That means you got to put your name, address in the email so we can mail it to you. All right. Okay, Mo, let's jump in now. And our first question comes from one of our best listeners and viewers on, on YouTube. And I know as he's, he's watching it right now and he's in the chat there with you and I, I just, I don't even have to look. Uh, and that is our good friend, Alan. He goes as Raider 27 R the number eight TR 27. And he is in Heber city, Utah. So he's one of our West coast guys. And here's what Alan says. He says, Hey guys, love your show and have for a long time. You guys helped me through a rough time, and I appreciate that. Not sure what that is, Alan, but thank you. That means a lot coming from you. We 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 uh, glad you were entertained, and we're glad you're past it. Uh, my question: The NFL allows a 53-man roster. The owners play all pay all of those players every week. Why are only 46 allowed to dress for game day? They keep talking about player safety, about how many players are forced to play hurt because the replacement couldn't dress and play if needed. Thanks for all the good work, and God bless. That's Allen, Raider 27. Mo, so the 53-man rule, you can only dress 46. Do we know why that is? I think it's just a rule that the NFL just rolls with because there's not enough pushback. But someone else, other people have brought this up. Like, why not expand the active day rosters with all the injuries? Mm -hmm. And I, I think part of it is, Again, there's not enough pushback or the NFLPA just hasn't pushed enough to say, okay, we need to expand these rosters because of injuries or illnesses or whatever. But I, what I think happened is during the COVID year, if I'm not mistaken, they expanded it because, you know, players were not able to play and dress because, you know, they have the kickoff, a player or two or a rash of players would come up and be ill and then they can't play. But I think now that, not to say we're over COVID, but we don't have as many COVID-19 cases as we did in 2020. Yeah. And we're not going to have as many as we had in 2021. So I think as we get further away from that, and the case is less, unless there's a, a spike during the season, you're not going to see the active roster number change very much. Yeah, it's it's interesting, too, his point. And, and Alan, I honestly don't know the question. And we did get your question in advance of the show, but just didn't have time mm -hmm. to look it up. But I will, which is the, the, the owners having to pay who's on the active roster. I, I think they might have to pay them, but it's not the same as, as a game check. So I don't know if there's a difference between that. I think there is. I think there's a difference. So if you're one of the non-active players, I think there is some something that they have to give you based on your contract terms, but you don't get a full game check like everybody else. But I'll, I'll double check. I could be wrong on that one. Uh, but but absolutely, I think that the, the, the NFL and how they do that, but they just went through the collective bargaining again, Mo, with the yep. new agreement. So I don't think it's going to change, uh, but it's a good question that we will get a better answer to but I don't see it going away. Yeah, I agree there. Yep. Okay. So Alan, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Raider 27, who I'm sure is, is, uh, in the chat. And in if I chat. know the answer, I will, if I find the answer between now and before the show ends, uh, Alan, I will put it into the chat there. Okay. Now we go to another, uh, longtime listener and viewer on YouTube. That is Eric Kirshner. Eric didn't send me his address. Eric, you got to send me your address again. Uh, can you list the top three reasons why? I love these loaded questions. The top three reasons why Raiders won't make the playoffs and the top three reasons they will make the playoffs. Mr. Moton, I will turn this over to you first. 
<laughs> yeah, put me under the beam first. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll give the bad news first. And we went through this kind of on the prediction show, if you've listened to that show that came out on Tuesday. Top three reasons Raiders won't make the playoffs. Their offensive line stinks. And I think that's the top concern of most fans. What's going to happen at right guard? Is the right tackle position going to hold? Again, I'm higher on Jermaine Luminar than most, but some people still have their concerns there. Their center position, as I said, Andre James, is he strong enough to go against guys like DeForest Buckner and Aaron Donald? I have my doubts. The other thing is their secondary. I'm high on Nate Hobbs. If you've read my articles on Sports Not, on Bleacher Report, you know that I think Nate Hobbs is probably going to move outside in base in the slot for the nickel, and he'll play fine because he played outside at, at Illinois under Lovey Smith, who's now the head coach of the Houston Texans. But I am not high on Rocky Sin. I have my doubts there. I've watched a little bit of him. He was in Indianapolis, and he's been benched multiple times. And it's not because he was a rising star. It's because he has some issues with his hands. He also has issues locating the ball and playing the ball, so you're not going to see a lot of interceptions there. So if you need a turnover, Rocky Asin is not the guy to depend on there. So they may have to defend on some, rely on some three and outs if they can't get any turnovers. The other thing I could see probably happening that could be an issue if you're looking at a third reason they don't make the playoffs is Patrick Graham. And I know I like the hire Patrick Graham as a defensive coordinator, but I've met, I've mentioned this on multiple shows. He doesn't have a long track record. So he's still a young defensive coordinator in a sense. And now in New York with the Giants, and I watched this, sometimes his schemes got complicated. And we all know when you when you have a complex scheme that could that could wear on communication, that could hurt communication on the field because you don't simplify it and guys have to communicate. You move here, I move here. When this happens, we do this. A lot of things can get mixed up in communication. That's what happened with the Giants and why his defenses weren't top-notch every year. Now, he had time with the Dolphins. had two years with the Giants. I know he had a rebuilding team with the Dolphins and Giants, but I believe he had one top-10 scoring defense. So when you have a complex game, and he likes to say it's multiple, sometimes things get crossways and you have issues. So he would be the third reason. If, he, if his message doesn't translate during the season as he's adjusting and he has to simplify things, there could be some problems there. Top three reasons Raiders make the playoffs. As we all know, they have a strong passing offense. Derek Carr, I, I've said this multiple times, I think he's going to have his best statistical year of his career. I could see him coming. I don't think he's going to throw for 5,000 yards, but could I see 4,800, 4,700? Sure, wow. but I think they're going to have a more balanced attack. Devontae Adams, Darren Wallace, assuming he's on the field and gets his new deal, Hunter Renfro, they're going to have a top eight, seven, six passing offense. The other thing, I think the run rushing attack is going to be a lot better. Josh Jacobs, Amir White, Amir Abdullah, Brendan Bolden, those guys can all do different things. Last year, they were one of the worst teams running the football. I think they'll at least be in the middle of the pack this year, assuming their right guard and left guard positions and the center positions, the interior holds up. The ground attack should be decent. So I think that balance attack will help them beat a lot of teams because, as you know, if you're going to be a playoff team, can't be the team just one way. You have to have multiple ways of winning. The last reason they make the playoffs, their pass rush. We talked about this during the preseason. Behind Max Crosby and Chandler Jones, that Deshaun Barra and Malcolm Coots. I think Malcolm Coots is going to have a big second-year leap. I'm not worried about the Raiders' pass rush. I'm worried about their secondary and that young cornerback group. But if you can get a pass rush, you'll help the young guys on the back end and you'll win games with, with your defense. And I think the Raiders are going to have to do that because, again, as a playoff team, you need to be able to beat teams in multiple ways. What Mo said? No. <laughs> oh, 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 
good stuff. No, it, it, and, and Eric, it, it's, no, it's, it's good. And Mo, I think we have some similarities there. Um, when you think about reasons they'll make the playoffs versus they won't, Mo encapsulated some of them, some of them related to uh, my take on it as well, including a little bit of a maybe a, a riff on some of it, and that is I'm going to start with why they make the playoffs. They make the playoffs because of the offense. Mo just talked about it, the weapons, the ability to move the ball around, and and the ability to to really keep teams off guard with the amount of weapons and and the quarterback that they have, right? So Derek Carr, it being experienced, going to have a big year. I agree he's going to go off. I really think – it is like Mount Vesuvius ready to explode, and I think that's what Derek Carr is going to do. Second is I think the defense is going to be better. We talked about, and Mo just mentioned, the pass rush uh, with Chandler Jones and with Max Crosby. I think you see it there. If the young secondary, which has always been a question we've talked about on this show since the beginning of the summer, if they come along and can play well mixed in with those vets, if the guy that Mo uh, isn't too sure about, Rocky Sin can be what people think he can be, then suddenly the back end of that defense makes it a strength, which helps that pass rush even more. And then third reason to make the playoffs, simply coaching. And I mean that from Josh McDaniels down. I think Josh McDaniels, as we talked about over the past several weeks, he's got the focus, the discipline on this team. They're performing differently. There is a business attitude in that building, and it permeates all of it. And so I think that's the third reason. Why they don't make it, offensive line, eh, of course, Mo just just completely sh- uh, talked about it, so I'm not going to go into detail, but definitely that. Number two, the defensive line inside. I just don't know if they're going to be able – it's been a problem for the Raiders for the last four seasons. And I think that if they can't find – if Bilal Nichols doesn't perform with the way he think we can or think he can, or if they can't find some solutions there and they don't get what they need in the middle because you win in the trenches, the offensive line's an issue, defensive line, yes, you have the two pass rushers, no question on the edge, but I'm worried about the center. Third is the schedule. And I know you can't – look, the schedule is what it is, but I think the mixture – and I don't just mean, Mo, the schedule – uh, overall, which is tough, but also the AFC West. With everybody getting better in the division, um, it's going to be tough. In our prediction show yesterday, I talked about that and how at the end of the season I thought that they would have trouble uh, but yet get into the playoffs. It could also very well mean that they don't. And so it's going to be tough on the Raiders, uh, not saying they can't overcome it, but if they don't, I think that could be a contributing factor. So I, I we were in the same ballpark on those two uh, Mr. Moten, but I do think that winning in the trenches uh, is going to be a big one. And then the, if the offense performs like it, we think it can, it will be great. And Josh McDaniels calling that offense, I like what he does. I, I really like your point about coaching with Josh McDaniels because what have we harped on? I'm surprised I left this out, but what have we harped on over the summer? Josh McDaniels, detail, focus, not making mistakes, not not unforced right. errors. The Raiders have not, I know people say it's just a preseason, but Raiders did not turn the ball over in the preseason. They dropped their penalties, I believe, in every game. I believe they made out with 10, well, fewer than 16 or fewer than 18 penalties in those four preseason exhibition games. So I think that focus and not beating yourselves and learning how not to lose, that's the difference between an 8-9 team and a 10-7, and 11-16. And I think Josh McDaniels bringing that mentality in, look, we're not going to beat ourselves. It's going to really help the Raiders in the win column. Yeah, I agree. And uh, I just, you know, I like what's going on there. Again, the, the, the pause that I have is that 
Look, you don't you don't build Rome in a day, so to speak, an old saying, right? Which is mm-hmm. um, this team is on the right track. I, I like what they're doing. There's still some holes. Every team has some weaknesses. There's a couple that that come to mind that are pretty weakness free. But overall, this Raiders team is headed in the right direction, and I don't I don't think they'll be without challenges. But uh, Eric, I think those are the reasons why or why they don't make the playoffs. Okay, we're going to take a quick break here in our mailbag show. When we come back, we're going to get to the rest of the questions. Some great ones coming up, so don't go anywhere. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. If you don't, get your buddies, your friends, your family, everybody to subscribe to it. Our families do, surprisingly, but they do. No, just kidding. They do, and so we appreciate that and the support. Also, if you're on YouTube, thank you for the chat. It's, again, always lively. We have a bunch of fun in there. If you're not there, get there. It's fun. Trust me, you you mix it up. we got great personalities in there as well. So do that. Hit the notification button as well. You're listening to Silver and Black today with Mo and Scott. We'll be back right after this message. Welcome back. This is your show, Silver and Black today. That's right, because you are directing it today. You have sent in questions and comments for my co-host, Mo Moten. I'm Scott Branson. We are here talking Raiders football. And again, blown away, Mo. I love these questions. Always stuff that comes up that I don't think about. Yeah, because the fans are are invested in this emotionally <laughs> more than we are, and on the emotional side, sometimes. So they're they yeah, so they they they're looking at this from all angles. But we do appreciate that because it's fun to have this these conversations on the Millback Show. Yes, absolutely. All right, we go right across uh, the way from Umo out to Union City, New Jersey, and Patrick has this question. He says. Hey, Mo and Scott, I've heard a lot about the Raiders offensive line this offseason, and they really don't they didn't really do much to address it. Um, they're playing with fire, but I remain optimistic. My question is this. If the team doesn't sign anyone else, how confident are you they can make it into the playoffs with who they have on the roster? Which we asked the question about how they make the playoffs. But Mo, that offensive line, I think some I think most Raider fans that I've heard from are concerned and know it's an issue. They just don't know how much of an issue it is or how they should consider it when they think about this team being a playoff. How much of a question mark is it when you look at a team like last year, like Cincinnati, who made it with a pretty poor offensive line, too? Right. And I've answered that question a lot of times. People have said, well, Joe Burrow did it and Bengals got there with a poor (laughs) offensive line. Why can't the Raiders do it? And my answer to that question is. Do you want Derek Carr getting hit 70 times? Derek Carr is six <laughs> years older than Joe Burrow. Yes. Just because Joe mobile. Burrow, right. And just because just because Joe Burrow made it through the season and into the Super Bowl getting sacked 70 times doesn't mean Derek Carr is going to have the same result. It, it just doesn't work like that. But to answer the emailer, my concern level with this team making a place with the roster that they have right now, specifically the offensive line, if you're specifically talking about the offensive line, I would say my concern level is at a at a six. I don't want to say five because five is sitting on the fence. It's kind of saying 50-50. I would say a six because I think that at some point, if the Raiders offensive line has become or is a big problem, remember you have the trade deadline to address it. Yeah. So let's say they go through week four or five and, and Derek Carr has been sacked 30 times already. They're going to have to sign someone or acquire an offensive line because you don't want to go through the season that way. So I think even if it is a problem at the beginning of the season, the Raiders have enough time and they have the resources to address that problem that they should have addressed during during the summer in August. So my concern level is about a six right now, but I think eventually if it, if it shows up to be a big problem and they've overestimated the players that they have, 
they they will address it before November 1st deadline. Look, and this is the thing, too, I, I look at, Patrick, which is Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler know more about player personnel than I do. But I think from the outside, it's it's just interesting because they've addressed so many issues with this team. And maybe that's it. Maybe they just haven't been able to get where they want to go. And so they're comfortable uh, waiting on it and seeing. Now, you get your quarterback hurt, it's a different story. Nobody wants that to happen. But I think it's feast or famine. I think this offensive line could be the reason you make it, meaning that if they hold up and we see a guy like Illuminor and a guy like Dylan Farham as a Parham as a as a rookie come in and do that, or Lester Con- whoever steps up. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. It could be the reason, meaning that, hey, they didn't go out and have to give up capital or pay more money. These guys just did it in-house and they took care of business. Now, I'm not saying they're going to be pro bowlers or anything like that, but if they can do it, then this team should be should make the playoffs and there shouldn't be a question because that offense rolling full-time on all cylinders can be pretty damn good. So so I agree, but but it is, it's concerning. I think you look at the outside, you just expect them to do something, especially with Dave Ziegler has been so action-oriented. When they needed something, they went and got it. In this case, they just haven't done it. So we'll see how it goes. But uh, but can they make it into the playoffs? Yes, they can. But then again, Mo, we talked about it on yesterday's show. Making the playoffs is one thing. You made the playoffs last year. You got to win mm-hmm. in the playoffs. Got to win. Mm-hmm. Okay? Even if it's one game to start this, this regime's uh, stay in Las Vegas, you got to get past that hump, right? You haven't gotten over that hump and that, to me, is the hump you must get over. So, great question, Patrick. Appreciate it. Scott, do you remember? Do you remember Dave Ziegler's face when they asked him about the Raider team that made the playoffs last year? And he was just kind of like, "Yeah, that, that's that's cool, that's cute, but we need to, as you said, we need to do more." And I think that's the aim—not just to get to the playoffs, but to win. Correct. And I think if they don't win, if they make it into the playoffs and don't win, for for Ziegler and McDaniel's, it's like not making the playoffs. The playoffs doesn't matter. It's about it's about progression. They made the playoffs last year with all that crap they had to go through. And if you don't progress past that with a veteran quarterback who just got a nice bump and all these weapons that you added, that's that's an issue. It's on them, too, mm-hmm. a little bit. So so mm-hmm. full disclosure, but I think they, they know this, and I think that's what's the difference with that front office now. All right, Patrick in Union City, New Jersey. Thank you, man. We appreciate your question. All right, now we go to Christopher G. in San Jose, California. He says... Hey, my dudes, uh, thanks again for a great show. Appreciate your professional approach, even if it sometimes is the truth I don't want to hear. Oh, it's nice to hear that. Um, yeah, it is. 
Am I just cra- am I just a crazy fan thinking this team could go really far in the playoffs if we stay healthy? I think the team is the best we've had since 2016 and maybe better because of the offense. I'm ready for a Super Bowl. Again, that's Christopher G. in San Jose. How good could this team be, Mo, knowing the deficiencies that we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks and in our last question we just answered uh, from Patrick um, and now the question from Christopher, uh, how good could this team be? I think he's right. I think it could be just as good, if not better, than that 2016 team, who, by the way, set the tone with that win over the Saints. So Mm. remember when we had our predictions yesterday and you said that that game against the Chargers is a tone setter? There are some similarities there. If the Raiders win a close game against the Chargers in in the season opener, it it could remind you of that Saints win in 2016 where they felt like that was the game with Jack Del Rio, who set the tone for the season. Of course, they went on to be 12-4. and So now I have them at 10-7. and You have them at... 11 and six, right? They can easily win 12 games. And I, and I pointed out that the Colts game is, is a go either way game. And I think the saints game could be a go either way game. If Jameis Winston reverts back to the turnover prone person quarterback that he was with the bucks, but the way this roster is constructed, it's constructed to win. Now we kind of got into a little bit in the last question, you bring in Devonte Adams, you bring in Chandler Jones, you keep Derek Carr, you give him a new salary, you give him a bump. You bring in Patrick Graham, and he brings in, I, I guess, you know, his scheme, some of his guys, or whatever. You're built to win now. So if you don't, if you don't win double-digit games, then something is terribly wrong, and it's probably the offensive line. But if the offensive line stays healthy, and all the players and across the roster stay healthy at the key positions, edge, quarterback, wide receiver, linebacker, your middle, your Pro Bowl middle linebacker, Denzel Perriman, because he's had some injury issues. I'm sure you've remembered with the Chargers, couldn't stay healthy with the Chargers. Yep. was able to stay healthy with the Raiders, played at a pro bowl level. If he stays on the field, then you have a pretty good unit on both sides of the ball. So, yes, they can make the playoffs, and they can be better than that 2016 team. As you remember, it was Michael Crabtree and Mari Cooper. Now it's Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, and Darren Waller. I know they had Seth Roberts, but he was kind of like a clear-cut third option. Now right. that with their three weapons, they're all pretty special guys in different ways. So I think this team offensively is built. But one thing I will say, and you and the emailer pointed this out, sometimes it's it's who's the healthiest team at the end of the season. Yes. Right. Attrition. So yeah. Right. You can have a great roster week one, but if you don't have any depth at certain positions and guys get hurt, it's gonna be a problem late in the season. Because I think yeah. partially the Raiders benefited last year when they played some teams without their starting quarterbacks. We saw that. Not to say the Raiders were handed those wins, but those teams lost their quarterbacks. So the injuries kind of fell into the Raiders, Raiders' favor, and it helped them get into the playoffs. So if they could stay healthy and avoid major, major injuries, of course, they have a chance to win 12 games and you know, maybe win a division. Yeah, and and even the Raiders last year, Mo, I mean, look what happened to that offensive line. And I know they had some mm. step-ins who did okay uh, kind of holding the spot warm, if you will, but you had that. You had the offensive line injuries and that whole kind of musical chairs up front. And then you had Darren Waller missing six games. So, so those injuries become such a huge part. You can have a really good team that completely misses the playoffs because they just don't have enough people available to keep at the level that they're capable of playing. So I think Christopher, that they can be pretty good. And I agree. This could, could be again, the best team since 2016, especially if they figure out if that offensive line on the right side gels then watch out because I, I think this team's going to be able to put up points and put them up in a hurry. And not only that, but own the time of possession game very, very well because they'll be able to run the ball or do short passing game, keep the clock moving. 
uh, and really start to wear on their opponents. So good stuff. Uh, Christopher G. in San Jose. I appreciate the question. Okay. Now we move on. We go down to Texas. Another question from El Paso. We have this is a second listener from Esteban in El Paso. And he says, ready for this, Mo? I can't believe I'm sending in a food question, but here it is. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Is a hot dog a sandwich from Esteban in El Paso, Tejas? Uh-oh, Mo. Wow. You, your whole future could be decided on how you answer this question. <laughs> wow. I. This is a good question because I've actually saw this question before in my Twitter mentions and didn't answer it. But let's, let's first of all, let's, <laughs> let's nail down the definition uh, of a sandwich, right? So a sandwich is something that has, I guess meat. you would say two pieces of meat and two pieces of bread and if on. You're, for you vegans out there, I'm sorry. Meat, two pieces yeah. of bread. And two pieces of bread, right? Right. But to me, for it to be a sandwich sandwich, the meat has to completely, I mean, the bread has to completely cover this, whatever's in the middle. And with a hot dog, you have an opening. So it's not completely covered. It's kind of holding holding the hot dog. It's not covering it. It's kind of like a like a cup holder. Like you're just, you know, you're just kind of it's presenting the hot dog to you in this in this package. So I wouldn't call it a sandwich. And anyone who calls a hot dog a sandwich is probably a psycho. And I would probably not have lunch with them. So you know, let's just I'm get gonna, that out of the way. I'm coming out hard on this one. If you think a hot dog is a sandwich then yes you are a psycho and you need <laughs> professional help now esteban didn't say but I, I i'm 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 pretty sure you listen to our show so you're not a psycho you might be something else but you're not a psycho so i, I yeah the whole if it's too the whole definition thing bread bread with a bun to me is not bread now there you go because now you could say well is a hoagie bread now, for on the East Coast, people know what hoagies are. On the West Coast, they don't. Mm -hmm. Or a sub sandwich. Like you could say, well, I go get a sub sandwich, and that's kind of like a bun because they no, it's bread. It's a loaf of bread. A bun is not a loaf of right. bread. It does not right. come from a loaf of bread, right? Like you have sliced mm -hmm. bread, that comes from a loaf. You have a sub mm -hmm. sandwich, it's a mini loaf. Mm -hmm. So to me, it has to be, it's not a hot, a hot dog is not a sandwich. Not a sandwich. No. Correct. And depending where you are, you will argue what you put on your hot dog. Most in New York, they do mustard, right? Even though I don't like mustard personally. There you go. So you're you're a New Yorker with no mustard on your hot dog. Uh, <laughs> you from Chicago, you don't put ketchup on your hot dog, right? Now on the West Coast, when I used to go down to Tijuana into Mexico, I used to get little hot dogs wrapped in bacon, which is also popular outside the Oakland Coliseum at the Raider game. So. Hot dog is not a sandwich, Esteban. End of question. I wonder what people are going to say in the chat. If they say it's a sandwich, I don't know if they could listen anymore. Yeah, I, I can't. If you if you're calling a hot dog a sandwich, we we just can't. We can't have lunch. We can't be friends. We can't be associates. <laughs> we can't be seen anywhere close to each other in public. I'd so be ashamed I'll, of you. I'll, I'll make an admission too. When I go to, I, I mean, I, I'm a baseball guy too. I love baseball. When I go to a baseball game. And I get a hot dog. Do you know what I put on it? Relish. Zero. I put nothing on it. I don't know what it is. I like to eat. I like hot dogs with. I like relish. I like onions. I like Chicago hot dog relish. It's very bright green. But 
at a ball game for some reason, I don't know if it's I'm in the mood, I'm in the atmosphere. I can eat the hot dog completely plain. But you don't do that on a regular basis, do you? No, only at ball games. I don't know what it is. Maybe okay. it's because now we saw this this guy in in New York was what was he taking his hot dipping, dog, and yeah, dipping, dipping it in, in the, the beer, beer and all that, which mm-hmm. I've seen before. I don't know why people thought that was so I've weird. I wouldn't do it. But I've seen it all. I've seen that. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, have you, now, if you've seen Joey Chestnut eat hot dogs, I mean, <laughs> you know, he's dipping it in water. So, I mean, why Correct. not? Yeah. Whole different, <laughs> whole different ball game uh, there. But there you go. Esteban asked a food about a food question about hot dogs, which wasn't about whether we like them or not, because he probably listened to the last show, obviously, where you said you like hot dogs. Yep. So <laughs> that's good. I love it. All right. Our last question is from a repeat emailer. And I mentioned this, I teased it on yesterday's show on Tuesday. Uh, and it is from Rosie. Rosie started the conversation last week with a message that said, hey, is it is it pancakes or flapjacks? To which Mo's reaction was, what the hell's a flapjack? I never heard that one. He hadn't, you hadn't heard it from you since you were a kid, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, That's correct. And, and we both said it has to be pancakes. And then we talked about hotcakes too. Anyway, hey guys, Rosie again. To make it clear... She calls them, she says here, I call them pancakes. So Rosie's, okay. she's, she's up high on she, the list. We she's sane. That's good. She, okay. She's sane, has all her yes. mental faculties. Absolutely. Uh, but she <laughs> says, but I have another question for you boys, which I haven't been called a boy in a long time. So thank you. Make me feel younger. Um, what's your favorite sports movie of all time? Mine is The Replacements. So obviously football movie, which is an interesting one. I like the movie, but I wouldn't put it in my top five. Uh, and that's Rosie and El Cajon again, which is East San Diego. What's your favorite sports movie of all time, Mr. Maurice Moten? Wow. I'm going to go back to my childhood with this one. Ooh. And it's going to seem rather corny and, and like, what, really? Because there are so many options out there. But The Little Giants. I remember Little watching Giants. that. Yes. I remember that was one of, I watched it as a kid in elementary school. And I remember being drawn to that movie for some reason. You know, because I remember being that kid who I started out as not being athletically gifted or coordinated. So I get it. Like the little Giants is this ragtag team that, you know, going against these better players and, you know, it's a bunch of nerds or whatever. And I I just remember being that nerdy, uncoordinated, non-athletic kid. And then as I got to junior high school, it changed for me because then I started playing sports and I got into sports a lot more, both football and basketball. So I was drawn to that movie because I identified with it sort of the way I became a Raider fan as, you know, you feel like you feel like an outcast, like an outlaw. And I was like, oh, this team identifies with my personality. Mm -hmm. So it's the same thing with this movie, Little Giants. I identify with the people in the movie. Little Giants was released in 1994. My junior year eight. of college. I was I was eight years old. <laughs> That's why I bring it up because I was like, man, did I take my kids to that movie? And it's like, no, it was a few years earlier than I had kids. But uh, great movie, by the way. I love I love sports movies that involve kids because of the messages usually behind them, right? right. Uh, in, including some of the funny ones. One that is really underrated. Not one of my favorite sports movies all the time, but one I watch with my kids all the time, which was called Kicking and Screaming with Will Ferrell. I don't know if you ever saw it. Will Ferrell's in it. It's a soccer mm-hmm. movie, which I'm not a soccer guy, but it's funny. Mike Ditka is one of the main characters in the movie. It's really funny um, and, and, and worth a watch if you have kids especially, but fun. But the sports movie thing is always hard for me because I love – there's about five sports movies that I just love to death. 
So if I had to choose one, it's really, really tough for me. Um, but I think I'm going to roll. Oh, God, it's tough. I'm going to say Rudy, right? Because I'm a Notre Dame guy. I love the film Rudy about this underdog kid who is nothing. And not only is he nothing, but he he's a practice squad player, for essence, you know, in college, which means he'll never suit up, he'll never have a chance. And, of course, that's what makes the story. And, yes, the movie was embellished from the real story, but it's very close. So I love that story because of the personal side of loving Notre Dame, but also just the story of a guy who's always told he can't do it, even from his own family, which is is part of the message there, which is sometimes the people close to you, uh, even though they love you and you love them, not always the best to give you the encouragement you need, right? Um, mm-hmm. And it just goes to show you that if you have the conviction, you can always do what you want to do. And so you have to believe it within yourself and fight for it. So that's it. My second, close second, and I love all the baseball movies too, like so Field of Dreams and and uh, some of the other ones are awesome. But one of my favorite movies, you got to go back to the 70s uh-huh. when I was too young to watch it, and that is Slapshot which is a hockey movie. Have you haven't seen it, though, have you? I haven't seen it, but I've heard of it. Okay, so Slapshot, you, you probably know the Hanson brothers, the guys with the glasses, and they were... Anyway, Paul Newman movie, hysterical movie about hockey, minor league hockey in the 70s. Just just completely inappropriate in every way. I can't even really talk about much of the scenes <laughs> on here, uh, but but really funny and something I really enjoyed. But the, the football movies in particular, Mo, um, I mentioned Rudy... But a Brian song, you know, we just lost. Uh, um, oh my gosh, why am I? Z- I'm zoning out on the names. Uh, but we just lost the actor who played Brian Piccolo in that movie, and I can't believe I'm forgetting his name because he's in The Godfather. What am I? James Con. Thank you. Gosh, see what happens with age. Um, that was a great movie as well about you know the friendship between two guys uh, and uh, and somebody and losing. Obviously, Brian Piccolo died. But um, any other football movies that pop in your head that you really enjoyed? Not any football movies, but I have a story. I have a story Ooh. time with Mo really quick. Nice. Uh, not my favorite movie, but I remember watching Space Jam for multiple mm-hmm. reasons. First the of first all, the first one. Not, the first one. Yes, the first one, not the LeBron James. The only real one. The first one, one yes. Michael Jordan. Yes. But I remember the movie simply because, not to bring him up, but I remember singing R. Kelly, I Believe I Can Fly as part of my graduation. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had to sing that song when I graduated from fifth grade. So that was that soundtrack was part of the movie. And also, that movie was the day, well, when I went to see it, I went on my first date when I saw that movie. Whoa. I was 11. Yes. 11? Uh, my my started aunt, early. Yes. My aunt brought me to the movie theater with her boyfriend's niece. Oh, so double date. It was, it was like a double date. <laughs> and they were, they were in their 20s, and I was 11, and she was older she was 13 yeah my so it's the first time yeah this is the first time I, I got to get that feel of being at a movie theater with a girl and talking about a movie with her one-on-one and just having one-on-one time so that started my oh. career in the in the dating field so to speak so space jam thank you for michael jordan for putting out that movie gave me an opportunity to explore the world of dating appreciate that there you go some guys give girls <laughs> flowers you give them daffy duck <laughs> that's good that's good great mm-hmm. movie though another movie that you should check out basketball movie right so so you know i don't like the nba anymore but i love basketball mm-hmm. uh there's a movie called the fish that saved pittsburgh another late 70s movie fish that saved ah. pittsburgh 
and stars a guy you might have heard of, Julius Irving, um, but also some comedic genius in there from Jonathan Winter uh, and oh, just hysterical. One of my good friends and mentors, Jim Bola, who played at the University of Pittsburgh um, and was a coach at UNLV, was in that movie too. Jerry Tarkanian's in that movie. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's in that movie. Fantastic, funny movie about a team that's put together because they're all Pisces. And they were... Yeah. <laughs> They're a terrible basketball team, then they remake the roster because they have an astrologer now who runs the team. It's really funny stuff. Just corny 70s stuff, but if you ever get a chance to watch it, it's good. But mo- mo- movies and sports, um, you know, they, they go so well together, and that's why Rosie's question is so interesting, um, besides what we think of them. Um, the, 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 the line between kind of life and sports is so close in so many ways that that it, it's always lends itself because there's so many great stories of people persevering, overcoming, and accomplishing great things. Yeah, how many times do you hit a reference like this is a storybook ending? You can make a movie yeah. out of this season that this team had. You could take a you know a, a historic run because I'm sure down the line, when the Patriots are are 20 years removed from their dynasty, they're going to make a movie about a team. That, similar to the Patriots or make a movie based on the Patriots dynasty, their run with Tom Brady, you're going to see that again. So again, it, parallel movies and, and sports always parallel. And you can always turn a season into a movie or a storybook for, for the film. So definitely a good question there. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I've answered this question before on the show. Um, not the specific question we just asked, but why haven't they made movies about the Raiders? And it's a good point. Like the Al Davis mm-hmm. story is a great story. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, the golden age of the Raiders. I think now the reason you couldn't do it is just our current environment, our culture, um, whether you like it or not, uh, to tell stories that we heard from Ken Stabler or that we've had on this show from Phil Villapiano or some of these guys. You know, they did stuff today that is no longer considered kosher. And <laughs> it's great. And a story should be told. But I can tell you that I'd rather them not make a movie if they can't tell it like it was. And so, you know, for whatever reason, if we can't tell it like it was, I don't want a watered-down version of Ken Stabler and John Matuzak. Like, I don't have any interest in that. <laughs> it's got to be warts and all, or we don't get it. But it would be great. It would be a great movie. We got the documentaries, obviously, on Al Davis. But it would be great to have a movie for Raider Nation to get behind. Yeah, I was going to say nowadays in our culture, a lot of people kind of gravitate toward documentaries now. Like there's that yes. Lakers documentary that came out recently. So people would rather sit there and go on Netflix and watch a documentary than a, than a one-off movie because then you get a whole series of episodes and it kind of expands on it rather than cramming it into, you know, two to three hours. They want something right. long form. Yeah, so. not only that, but you get the full history, the good and the bad, right? Because right. no matter who you are, there's everybody's got strengths and weaknesses and historical mm-hmm. figures have strengths and weaknesses. And so I think you're right. I think the documentaries give people the opportunity. But it would be entertaining to have a movie about the Raiders uh, just for oh, some yeah. fun and some pro-Raider Nation propaganda would be kind of cool because mm-hmm. it's never happened. Uh, but anyway, Rosie, thank you for the question. Okay, Mo, we got to pick. We've got a couple minutes here left. we got to pick a winner. We had Alan about the roster question. We had Eric about the three reasons why or why not they make the playoffs. We had Patrick about the offensive line again. Um, And we also had Christopher G about um, the team being better or as good as at least 
2016, and then we had the hot dog, and we had Rosie again with the sports movie. So I'm going to pick two, and then I'll let you be the final vote on this. Eric, Eric, I like this question because it kind of encapsulates, you know, we're going into the regular season. So a lot of times I write articles about this, you know, three weaknesses, three strengths. So maybe I'm selfish on this one because now I'm not going to write the article because I just answered it. So people just listen to the show (laughs) for my answers there. So maybe that's a little biased, but like that question. I also like the question about can the Reds be better than 2016 because what I am sick and tired of is, and I shouldn't say it's not sick and tired, but it annoys me when fans <laughs> go back to 2016. And that was, it feels like ages ago now. At yeah. six years ago, like they, yes. they, they hark back to, oh, well, 2016, it was this way. Not to say the emailer did this, but I'm hoping that the Raiders are just as good or better than 2016 because then we can kind of turn the page on that. Yes. Because a lot of times, for a while, people have been defending Derek Carr using 2016 as a reason to keep him around. Now, I wasn't one of the people that wanted to, wanted him to go, but I felt like there were more reasons to defend Derek Carr, better reasons to defend Derek Carr than to go back five, six years to what he did in 2016 in that one playoff appearance that they had. So if they're good this year and go to the playoffs, then we can kind of finally turn the page on that year and we can look at what they did in 2022. And that's what I wish most for Raider Nation is just some some recency success, recency, right? So right. Some some something that they can hang their hat on and say, okay, we're now we're actually, as, as our good friend uh, uh, Q would say, uh, cooking with grease. Cooking with grease, right? yes. And, and so now, <laughs> now we got a cooking now, and now we're moving. Okay, we got in the playoffs, we won a game. Now I can forget about 2016. I can even forget about 2002. Who cares? We're, it's all mm-hmm. about moving forward. Uh, right. and, and I agree. And plus. Just think about how much the league has changed in six years. I mean, it's mm-hmm. the way the game rules. is played, the rules, mm-hmm. everything has just changed so much. So it really is not a good comparison, uh, but but I like the question. All right, what was the second one? Oh, the three reasons Rays wouldn't make oh, so, playoffs or so, wouldn't make the playoffs. Yes, okay, yeah. great. So, I, yeah, that was so Eric. I'm, yeah, I'm going to agree with that, and we're going we're gonna to give Eric – who I'm sure is watching us on YouTube right now. We're going to give Eric the T-shirt. Yes. So Eric, congratulations, man! Um, Long time. He has, to, he has to provide his location, right? Yeah. Yes, he's got to provide us his location. So email me. Don't put it on the YouTube chat now, because we don't want. There might be somebody in there. It might be a Chiefs fan in there just spying you. Be careful. You never know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Eric, congratulations, man! Send that to us uh, as well. Uh, also, remember, we will be back tomorrow. That's right. Three days of Mo and I in a row. Of course, you had yesterday, now you had today with the mailbag. And tomorrow, we have our Thursday show. We're going to preview in-depth the Charger game, what we like about this game, the matchups. We'll talk to Nick Cothrell from Sports Illustrated. He covers the Chargers, and he'll be with us to give us the latest on the team, what's going on there. And maybe we'll tap into him, Mo, too, about the whole Week 18 and the bad taste in their mouth, if you will, mm-hmm. about the Raiders' win and how much that means and kind of what, what we're hearing from there. We also heard that our great friend Gorilla Rilla, who was not going to be allowed to go to the game in costume, has been told he can go now. I don't know what happened, uh, but that's good news, right? So Raider Nation can rest now. Just focus on the game. Can't have a season opener without Gorilla Rilla in his no, costume. I mean, come of on. Of course not. Of course not. So that's good news. Uh, but, Mo, we will talk to you tomorrow, man. We're going to get into this week one matchup. I can't wait to actually talk about a football game that matters. Yes, breaking it down week one. Big game, starting off with a big, huge game. I know it's not in the primetime slot, but as I said, this is division game. 
coming off of what happened last year with the play-in basically for a playoff spot, it's going to be huge. Can't wait to talk about it. It is good. Thank you, my friend. All right. For Momo, and I'm Scott Branson. This has been Silver and Black Today. Make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get your audio. And do me a favor, if you're on YouTube, right below, hit subscription and then hit that bell next to it. And also watch the video. Yes, we're suggesting another video to you. It's right here on the side. Maybe I'm pointing the wrong direction. Either side, it's there. Trust me. Click on that video and we appreciate your support. For Mo, I'm Scott. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow on Silver and Black Today. Bye-bye, everybody.